Emergency services. Please, you gotta help me. There's this weird guy. Ma'am. Please. Ma'am, call us when you're dead. What the fuck? Welcome back, callers, to another episode of Call Us When You're Dead. I'm Keith. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we are covering the case of Nicholas Markowitz. Which I have no idea who this is, so this is going to be exciting going into this. Oh, completely blind. Completely blind. I don't think I've ever even heard this name before. Yeah, not many people know the name, but I think many people will know why it will be in this season of Murderous Entertainment. Well, I mean, I look forward to it just as much as I think the callers are looking forward to us getting into it. Right. Speaking of which, welcome to our new release dates. Yeah, which is going to be on Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Yeah, we talked about this uh, because of the billing cycle that we have currently with Buzzsprout. It's weird because they're getting ready, you know, we're getting ready to go into a new year. And so the billing cycle is going to change. Which meant for us to be able to give you guys the four to six episodes each month, we were going to end up having to pay more because of the way that it landed with the billing cycle coming into the new year. So we're trying to get ahead of that to where we can keep doing the six episodes a month, but be in a different billing cycle with them. Right, right. So it's just one more day. Yeah, so... We know that it was last minute, but we we noticed it almost last minute because we saw the billing coming up and we were like, oh, crap, we, we've got to handle this before this becomes, it was going to be almost two times more a year for us to do stuff because of the way the new billing was going. So we wanted to handle it before it became a thing. Right, right, right. So thank you guys for being so patient with us. Speaking of people being patient... Can we do some shout-outs? Shout-outs. I love doing shout-outs. So we have Carlos W. Heather E. And JG. Thank you guys so much for being listeners to our show. We really would not be able to keep doing all of this without you guys listening. So with all that said, let's get into the case. And before we get into this case, just as a heads up, there are a fair amount of people that we will be mentioning because... This goes on for a couple days, but we'll do our best to keep it organized for you. So that said, let's hop into that trusty time machine and head back to August 6th, 2000. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the time machine at all times. Call us when you're dead. Cannot be responsible for any lost limbs. Here, we are going to meet a 15-year-old Nicholas Markowitz. But we will be calling him Nick for the remainder of the episode. I mean, that keeps it pretty simple. Does keep it simple. Nick was a high school theater kid who also loved reading. He had a 22-year-old half-brother, Benjamin, who was fairly troubled. Ben ran ran with wannabe gang. Oh, my goodness. He ran around with a wannabe gang who was in the drug business for a while. They sold things like marijuana and ecstasy. That is... Quite the stretch between the two of those. Okay, that's kind of what I thought when I was doing the research, that marijuana, you know, it's legalized areas, and then we're going to ecstasy. Do you want to feel (laughs) as relaxed as possible, or do you want to feel everything? (laughs) Right, right. All I can think of is the Family Guy episode when Peter gets onto ecstasy, and he's like, rubbing up against like stewie and the dog <laughs> and he's like brian your fur is just so wonderful <laughs> eventually ben ran up a 
debt with the so-called leader of that wannabe gang. His name was Jesse James Hollywood. Tiny bit of background on Ben and Hollywood. They were actually really good friends at one point. They were they were on the high school baseball team together. Okay, was Hollywood his real last name, or is that just what they called him? I did look into that, and Hollywood is his last name. Legitimate last name. Okay, I can accept that. <laughs> had they, had he been like, I'm called Hollywood, I'd been like, dude, your your last name should be douche. Right, especially with Jesse James. Right. Jesse James Hollywood, that's like double douche status. Right, because all I think of is Jesse St. James from Glee at that point, and yeah. he was a douche. <laughs> According to the records, Ben owed Hollywood $1,200. This debt was the ultimate downfall to their friendship. There would be back-and-forth voicemails threatening each other. Ben had even smashed a window at Hollywood's house. Oh, see, I would have probably murdered somebody at that point. You owe me money, and then you're going to bash my fucking window out? Yeah, it sounds like it was just a bunch of... Petty shit back and forth, almost a uh, high school rivalry. Oh, yeah, that's 100% is high school bullshit. But, like, you're going to bust my windows out my house? That costs so much money to get a window replaced. We've looked into it. They're expensive. Right. True story. True story. So, you're probably wondering where Nick comes into play, because this episode is named after him. I mean, kind of. Right. Well, on August 6th, 2000... Hollywood and some of his wannabe thug members were on the way to Ben's place to pay him a visit. Were they really going to pay him a visit? Probably to do some more immature shit. Yeah, I'm thinking, <laughs> like, break other windows or smash the windows out your car. Right, and slash some tires and poop in your lawn. Oh, uh, if somebody <laughs> ever shit in my lawn, I don't know what's worse. Okay, I have to ask, what's worse? Somebody shitting in your lawn? Just... Full on dropping a deuce in your lawn or going and slashing your tires. Oh man, I feel like the tire slashing will be worse because I can just leave that duke. To me, I feel like the shitting in my lawn would almost be more disrespectful. <laughs> like, I hate you so much. I took a shit right there on your front porch. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, until they happen to see Nick walking down the road. Okay, so let me make sure that we have this right. We have Hollywood, yep. who hates Ben, and now we have Nick, who's just walking on down the road. Correct. And, and Nick is not affiliated with anybody, correct? Or at this point. Kind of, yeah, but like the wannabe gang members, like they know Nick because it's Ben's brother. And Okay, okay. They pulled the van over and jumped out and started beating Nick up. Keep in mind, he's 15 years old. And they're all in their early 20s. After it was done, they grabbed Nick and threw him into the van and drove off heading to Santa Barbara. Who in their right mind goes, I see a 15-year-old. I'm going to beat him up. Right. I'm in my 20s. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Because it's not just Hollywood. There's there's a... A group. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking like six or seven people, typically... I know a little bit. I think I believe I mentioned a majority of them that were there, but there were... There was like four, I believe, that were in the van that partaked in this random beating of a 15-year-old. Who I just, I don't understand why you would do something like that to any, number one, to anybody. But number two, I understand that Nick is Ben's brother. Yes, I get that. But he isn't a player in this at that point. 
Yeah, he's just uh, guilty by association in uh, Hollywood's eyes, I guess. What a dumbass move. Yeah, he... You got a dumbass name and you got playing dumbass moves. Well, I will let you know later, towards the end, you get to truly see how smart this Jesse James Hollywood is. I'm just saying, with his name, he is not that smart. Not even a little bit. So we mentioned them going to Santa Barbara. And that's because that is where the group was going later that evening. They had previously planned a party that they had to attend to. I'm sorry, they they planned a party, and now are they going to bring the fucking party hats? So, well, it was like prior commitment, I guess. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to show up. I don't know why, but all I'm thinking is, like, the Mad Hatter, like, tea party, like, the on-birthday. And those are probably the worst guests to ever have at a birthday. (laughs) These people are probably that fucking group. Right, right. But, But keep in mind, they just grabbed Nick... 15-year-old Nick, and threw him in the van. And just said, hey, you're coming with us now. After we just beat the shit out of you. That's real fucked up. That That is like being taken on a, a joyride, a Sunday drive with your elderly grandparent who can't fucking drive past 45. <laughs> and you've been in that car for five hours. Right. It's like, who, who abducts somebody and then goes to a party? Well, who the fuck beats somebody up, then abducts them and says, you want to go to a party? <laughs> well, better yet, you don't have a choice. You're going with us. Right, right. You're dumbasses. They arrived at the, what we're going to use loosely, wannabe gangster's house. Hollywood would have Nick empty his pockets, blindfold him, and duct tape him in a bedroom. They would then just go enjoy the party, leaving Nick to wonder what his fate would be. You already beat the poor kid. right. Okay, did they blindfold him on the way there? Because what the fuck is the point of now? He knows where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, maybe it was because they didn't want him to see who was at the party. But I'm just picturing a house full of parties, early 20s, maybe late teens people. And you will roll in with a 15-year-old blindfolded and take him to the bedroom. Oh. A lot of questions there. Rules? A lot of questions there. Yeah. But supposedly, uh, during my research, people did uh, take a peek in the bedroom to see this kid in there, but nobody ever said anything or challenged it because they were that intimidated and scared of this Jesse James Hollywood. How are you intimidated with somebody that has a name like that? Number one. Number two, I just need to know if you're in that bedroom or, or if you're at that party, are you going to look? Like, if you hear the wild rumor that there's somebody tied up in the other room and blindfolded, are you going to go look? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I will just 100% tell you right now, just out of weird curiosity, I'd be like, I have to go fucking see. Right, right. Like, is this a prank? Because yeah, in my mind, I would think that they were pulling some kind of fucked up prank. And it was it was a uh, 2000, so I don't know if there was like a snap a picture or something. Right, but you, <laughs> you know what I mean? I would think that if I was at a party and they were like, oh... There's a kid tied up in the other room and he's blindfolded. I would think that it was one of the party members, like brother or sister, and it was a prank that they were trying to pull on everybody else. Not, oh, this kid might be in danger. Right, right. I could, I could see that. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to like be like, oh, it's okay for what they did because a hundred percent it's not. But I can also see, I can see that side of it for sure. A short while later, Hollywood would leave and tell his band of misfits. 20-year-old Jesse Rugg, 
20-year-old Ryan Hoyt, 20-year-old William Skidmore, and 17-year-old Graham Presley to look after Nick. There's so many different names here that I just want to make fun of. (laughs) We're going to go past it, but I just kind of want to mock all of you. None of your family members loved you. I'm just going to let you know right now. They named you in a way because they didn't. They knew they didn't love you to begin with when they named you. <laughs> right. So these are like some of the names of those people in that said van. Right. I think Ryan Hoyt is the only one that maybe his family loved him. <laughs> Ryan Hoyt is a very fitting name. The rest of you, I'm sorry. With Hollywood now gone and out of the picture, the rest of the gang was more relaxed and chill. They explained to Nick what was going on about the debt and that he wasn't going to be harmed. How the fuck does that conversation go? We beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> we we kidnapped you. We have blindfolded you. You'll probably have pissed yourself multiple times at this <laughs> point because you couldn't go to the bathroom. But we're relaxed. We're chill. We're vibing. Everything's real cool. We're not going to hurt you, though. What? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, I felt like this really showed the intimidation level that this Hollywood guy had over everybody in the click scene, social circuit. I don't know, but especially with his gang, now that he's gone, people are starting to talk. They're just more relaxed and, and chill. Okay. So my question is, do you think they were really intimidated by him? Or do you think it was, they just couldn't stand him fucking going on rants because this guy in my mind there's probably some dude that wields a gun and he's like, what the fuck did you say, man? What the fuck? I'm pointing it at everybody and just be like, he's a lot of bark and no bite. And people, I think, just get annoyed with that over time. And so what could look as intimidation is just like, we just don't want to hear you fucking talk. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would totally believe that, except for since Hollywood was like the leader. Well, they always they're, think they're the leader. <laughs> right. Because everybody just listens to what they say because they just don't want to hear them talk anymore. Yeah, yeah. In fact, for the next couple of days, with Hollywood still gone, Nick was brought to different members' homes with the promise that he'd be let go soon. He was at Jesse's house, the Jesse Rug, Mm -hmm. for a long day. Nick played video games, drank, and smoked weed with his former captors. Oh, look at that. They've gone from captors to his lover. (laughs) They're just spending video game days and... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting that's how we and you spend most of our days. Not everybody (laughs) is gay when they just play video games together. Right, right, right. Two men can love each other and play video games and not be gay. I always forget. (laughs) True story, true story. It's it's just interesting that just yesterday I got beat up and kidnapped while walking down the road. And the next day, I'm sitting here being buddies. What if he was into it? <laughs> what if that was a fantasy? Um, it would be weird. I can tell you it's not. For I this, keep forgetting this that kid. he's 15, but I'm just saying, like... <laughs> maybe for some people out there, it could be. Yeah, right. And I'm not here to yuck anybody's jump, but maybe for him, he was enjoying it. <laughs> Nick even attended various parties with the same people that kidnapped him not that long ago. He even became friend friends with Graham Presley. Why do I feel like this is all a setup? Um, it does give setup vibes, but like I, Nick wasn't purposely like that was not that it was intentional that he was walking down that road. 
to get information. Is that where this is going? No, no, it's not. Okay. So Graham Presley testified about talking with Nick at one of those parties, saying, quote, he told me that it was okay because he was doing it for his brother, and that as long as his brother was okay, he was okay. Okay, see, so as we named all of the douchebag names, part of me was like, oh, these guys are all going to (laughs) die. And I know I shouldn't be okay with it, but what did we win and what did we lose? (laughs) That's fucked up. I'm just saying. But I get get what you're saying. You know, like, everybody deserves to live, but sometimes maybe we don't murder them. Maybe they just deserve to have their ass kicked. Right, right. To be put back in line. So it's as if, like, uh, Nick is wanting to be, like, a team player for his brother, and he's just like, oh, I'm going along with it, and I'm the little hostage to get Hollywood's money that Ben owes him. Yeah, fuck that. I have family members. I'm not getting beat up for any of you. I'm right. sorry. I love y'all, but no. No, you owe somebody money. Do not co- No. Nope. Deal with it on your own time like that because I'm not trying to get beat up for you. Don't have the loan shark come to my house. Right, right. That's true. That's true. They will break my legs, and I need my legs. <laughs> At this time, Nick truly believes he is no in no danger at all. On a drive around town with Graham, Nick declined an offer to run because he didn't want to complicate, quote, seemingly temporary matter. How long has he been kidnapped for? About a day and a half after. This all takes place in a three-day span, and there is just a shit ton going on in this. Got ya. Nobody called the cops? No. Dude, your brother sucked. The one that you thought you were doing this for? He should have called the cops if he liked you that much. But what's the brother going to say? I owe my former drug dealer buddy money for drugs that I took. Hell yes, the truth will set you free. (laughs) Tell the damn truth. You owed some drug dealers some money for some shit that you did when you were younger and you regret doing it. And now they came after your brother and they took your brother. Tell the truth. Get your ass in trouble if you have to to get your brother back. (laughs) Well, it wasn't like it was years ago. This Ben and thing okay, was then you lie a You stretch it a little bit. It was years ago. Don't ever <laughs> tell him it was right away. It was a couple of years ago. But with this uh, group of gangsters, I feel they have that every man for themselves mentality. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And kind of like a sorry family. That's I'm why I'm kind of love first. Like I know that you keep saying like, oh, he was the leader. He was the leader. I don't really think they had a leader. I think they all listened to like whoever's opinion they agreed with the most of the moment and just kind of did whatever the fuck they wanted. (laughs) Eventually, Hollywood would call Jesse to tell him that Nick would be let go soon. So, to celebrate Nick's release, Jesse threw a a pool party at a motel. Because what the fuck else do you do at that point? I I know. Oh my god. These people. I know. Uh, I can't get over how stupid they are. Hey, we're going to let you go. You want to have a pool party before we let you leave? Right, right. The last thing I want you to do is throw me a fucking pool party so you can drown me in the goddamn pool (laughs) so because I'm going to talk. Right, right. (laughs) And and this was on August 8th. Okay, so we started this on the 6th? Yep, August 6th. Okay. So it's been two official days, you know, 6, 7, 8. Oh, it sounds like just such a romantic date night. Right, but like with 48 this, hour date night, with how much was going on, it's like, do you people sleep? 
No, they were probably high on ecstasy. <laughs> they were feeling everything. Right, right. When they needed a little bit of a mellow out time, some weed did the trick. <laughs> a female partygoer would later testify in court on asking Nick why he didn't just leave the hotel and walk away. Because that would make sense. 100%. Like, <laughs> it's not like there's somebody in there. Or it, it, I kind of feel like he's enjoying being away. Right. In a weird way, I feel like he's enjoying this. I, I think so, too. At the time, I guess, yeah. She said that his response was, quote, I've taken self-defense and stuff. It's not like I couldn't do anything right now. I just don't want to. I don't see a reason to. I'm going home. Why would I complicate it? End quote. I wish we had sometimes a camera in here so you all could just see the facial reactions that I have. <laughs> because I feel like that sometimes tells more of the story of what's going on through my mind than this. Right. Obviously, we do not victim blame here. But Nick is in so much denial. Is he a victim at this point? I'm not trying to be mean. He was kidnapped. But no. Is he still technically a victim at this point? Because when he was first beat up and taken, there was opportunity for him to leave. People even said, like, why haven't you left? And now I kind of feel like he's initiating himself <laughs> into the friend group. <laughs> I mean, right, right. And now, is I, I, I guess this is just really weird for me. I don't feel like he's a victim anymore. Okay, fair, fair enough. There fair feels enough. like there's a weird switch that has happened. Where he went to not being a victim. He was at first, absolutely. Somewhere along the lines, those lines got blurred. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't I, even feel like Stockholm Syndrome, because there hasn't been <laughs> enough long, hasn't been a long enough time for that to happen, that he was kind of into it. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, callers, why don't you... Uh, Let us know. I mean, yeah, if you guys think, you think I'm wrong, then that's fine, but... What do you think? Is he victim right now? Is he is he a willing participant? A willing participant? You know, I guess I just I don't know how to. I feel complicated with it because I <laughs> right. don't victim blame, but I want to blame him for a lot of things right now because there isn't any reason for him not to leave. And so, so I'm kind of glad you just said that. There's not any reason for him, you know, not to leave. It kind of cracked me up a little bit when he did the. Well, I've taken self-defense and uh, no, stuff. I'm just picturing, like, in middle school, well, I'm a black belt, so I'm, like, the Chinese assassin, and I can, wah, 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 cha-cha. Okay, but for real, though, I went to Taekwondo, and there was... <laughs> hold there, on, hold on, callers, I'm getting a self-defense lecture right now. No, there was, <laughs> there was a little girl, she was nine so i'm going to call her a little girl how many times she take your lunch money N none she was she was in taekwondo class she wasn't <laughs> in my fucking high school uh she was a black belt though at nine years old and people were terrified of her even the master of the class was like nobody messed with her she's a little psychotic being a nine-year-old and she knows way too much <laughs> like we should have maybe stepped that back <laughs> Okay, callers, brace yourselves for a whole new level of stupidity for these next couple uh, paragraphs. While it's not clear if it was directly when the pool party was going on or earlier that day, Hollywood managed to speak with the family attorney. The attorney had to explain to Hollywood that kidnapping is a crime and he could get into a lot of trouble. Jeez, are you fucking kidding me? 
He has a family attorney yep. that he calls and mm-hmm. has to say, is it a no-no if I kidnap somebody? Basic fucking understanding in life is if you kidnap somebody, it's a bad thing. Right, right. So, hypothetically, you were the level of intelligence that this uh, Hollywood is. And I'm the family attorney. I'm just like, kidnapping is bad. Okay. And you can get in a lot of trouble. Okay. What do you do? I call the cops. You would just turn yourself in. No, 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 no. Oh, you're saying, like, if I called yeah, the attorney, I'm... I thought you were saying if I was the attorney. No, no, no. I'm the attorney. You're Hollywood. And I came to you. I was that dumb, and I had to come to you? I, that's why I said, hypothetically, you're that stupid. Oh, my God. I don't know if I can get to that level. Well, try really hard. What would you do? Okay. So, if I did it, I probably wouldn't throw a pool party. <laughs> um, well, he wasn't there. Right. But I also wouldn't tell them to throw a pool party for <laughs> the kidnap victim. Um... I would probably say I need you to become my attorney because we're going to have to deny a lot of things that I may or may not have done right over the last few days. And maybe let them go? Right, 100% oh, at okay. this point. Well, like, we're letting good. them go. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Oh, okay. Well, listen, don't you get at me with those judgy-ass eyes. <laughs> you asked me to go to his level. Okay, okay, okay. He had to call the family attorney to find out if he was fucking going to get in trouble for kidnapping somebody. It started as a kidnapping, but now it seems like they're chill. But right. keep, keep in mind, Hollywood doesn't know it's pretty chill right now without him there. You know he knows. I mean, Somebody's fucking talked. One of those brainless idiots talked. <laughs> and at this point, he's probably like, you know, at first it was a kidnapping, and now, now he's like, my bro. Okay, well... So if his bro status is still still technically kidnapping... See, and that's where I get to where the fucking blurred lines are. Well, well, so why don't you tell the callers what he did? Hollywood became very paranoid over the potential kidnap charging... Oh my gosh, over the potential kidnapping charges. Knowing that he didn't want to go to jail for that, he convinces himself that the only way out was to kill Nick. Kidnapping is bad, according Mm -hmm. to the family attorney. I wonder, he should have asked the family attorney what uh, murder is. I know that this how this conversation went. Mr. James, yes, you can't kidnap anybody. That is wrong, right? But uh, what about murder? That that is going to be worse than the kidnapping (laughs) charges. It, It blew my mind, knowing that he was so scared of kidnapping charges. That he thought the only way was uh, to kill him. As if once you kill someone, they just evaporate and disappear. And as if it never happened. Right. That's he, not how it happened. He lives in a video game world. I have something to tell you. <laughs> Don't go into the basement. <laughs> so Hollywood originally asked his uh, second in command, Jesse Rugg, to kill him. And he declined. Hmm. Maybe because he knows murder is bad. Okay. <laughs> Knowing that another one of his homies had a debt with him, he told Ryan Hoyt to kill Nick to clear out his debt with him. Listen, I know that you owe me 50 bucks. <laughs> about tree 50. But if you uh, kill that kid, that tree 50 is gone. Oh man, that's an offer, offer, offer I can't refuse. Oh my god. In the early morning of August 9th, 2000, Hollywood met up with Hoyt to give him the Tech 9 semi-automatic pistol. 
Then Hoyt and Jesse went into Nick's room to duct tape his mouth his mouth and hands. Along with Graham, they then drove Nick to Lizard's Mouth Trail near Santa Barbara. I have a lot of questions about the name of that trail. <laughs> they walked Nick to a remote campsite about 12 miles away to a shallow grave that Graham had dug a little while earlier. So those vibes have changed again, clearly. Yeah, now we're not growing out no more. Friends, and yet tides have turned, I guess. Right. That's a pretty shitty friend to be doing all that. We ain't we ain't bros no more. Right. Here they hit Nick over the head with a shovel. Oh damn. Hoyt then dumped his limp body into the hole and shot him nine times. They would cover his body with dirt and branches, covering as much of the makeshift grave as they could. Nick's lifeless body would remain here for three days. And on August 12th, his body was found by some hikers. So that went zero to a hundred. Real fucking fast. Real fucking fast. What, what kind of debt do you think you owe anybody? You don't have a debt that's large enough for you to ever think that murdering is okay. And the sad thing is, if I recall correctly, I want to say the debt was between $1,500 and $3,000. You know, and so what, I guess what makes it even worse is I know that, like, he is the victim, but dude, you should have left when you mm-hmm. had so many chances to leave. And, and it's sad that he's dead over this situation. Like, I'm not trying to take, I just feel so complicated with this because I don't want to take away from the fact that he is <clears throat> the victim. Right. But I think Nick truly believed he was safe and secure, and it was just some right, little stupid some weird ass bond with them. That Jesse and Graham and Ryan—they're all hanging out, having fun, and it's right. like, you know, like we're sorry we're doing this. He's like, no, I get it. Like you're not killing me, and if we're being the friends thing right now, I'm not still taped in the bedroom. You know, like being able to roam the house, da, da, da. right? So he felt safe and secure, and he thought he was okay. You know me. Typically, I'm very much like, this is cut and dry. This is how I feel about I just feel so complicated about right. this. I've never felt this complicated <laughs> over a case before. Yeah. It, I, w- I, would not be, I would not be a good jury member for this case. Yeah, it would be a confusing one. Because when it comes to the murder, 100%, you are guilty of murder. Yep. yep. But then it's like, are you guilty of all this other stuff that I feel like we're about ready to hear about? (laughs) So that's going to bring us into my favorite thing, trial time. Trial time. Since the days leading up to Nick's death was, you know, social gathering after social gathering, several people came forward after hearing about his body being discovered. So, okay, let me ask. This is several people as in, like, people that are at the parties or... That that were partying with him. He was... Okay, People so they come forward seen and say, him. Oh, I just seen him. We hung out at this person's house. Okay. Not, he was a captive in. Right, the they're they're explaining like, it as he was fr- looking like friend, he was just chilling, yeah, hanging out with them. He was one of the normal goers. Okay. See, that brings me back to the freaking complicated <clears throat> feelings about this. Ryan Hoyt, Jesse Rugg, and Graham Presley were all captured within a week. However, Hollywood managed to go on the run. Right, because he had a family lawyer. That kid had money. I think so, too. But he was also like the drug dealer, so maybe he had a little stash in that. You don't have a family lawyer unless you got money, and that that lawyer told him to run. A very, very good possibility there. And it took detectives almost six years before tracking him down in Rio in 2005. Jesus. How pissed are you if you're Ryan, Jesse, and Graham? That boss man just dipped. Right. Your leader. Your home G. 
Big Poppy Smalls. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be be pretty pissed. Oh, I'd feel like I would probably murder him when he got into prison. Right, right. You're already in for one murder. You might as well go in for another. (laughs) So we normally cover the sentences for the criminal. Right. But we have multiple. So we're going to cover each one of their sentences and what happened with them. Awesome. Ryan Hoyt was charged with first-degree murder. He was convicted November 21st, 2001, and sentenced to death. That's fair. He was the one who pulled the trigger. Right. Nine times. Right. Or held it down, so I think semi-automatics can just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyways, still, (laughs) it it was a lot. Jesse Rugg was charged with aiding in the kidnapping and murder. He was convicted in 2002 of aggravated kidnapping for ransom or extortion with special circumstances, but was acquitted on the murder charge. He was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after seven years. After serving 11 years in prison, he was paroled on October 24th, 2013. I don't agree with his charges. What part? The ransom or extortion. There was no ransom, nor was there extortion. The ransom was they took Nick to try to get Ben to give Hollywood But they never contacted Ben. No contact was ever made to Ben. I mean... So how is that extortion or ransom? I guess it is, it's assumed. Because I didn't go through the transcripts during the trial, but when asked why they took him... Right, but I can say all day long, well, we took him because Ben owed us money. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. I guess I get what you mean. But uh, I guess the prosecution was convincing enough for the DA. I guess they got something to stick, but... Right. I feel like that's a hard stick. I mean, he was fully aware of with the murder and everything. He got paroled after seven years. I feel he got off a little easy. Right. I just feel like I would be a little more understanding if he was also charged with murder or, like, aiding a murder. Right. But to get him for ransom and extortion is just really weird for me. Yeah, it it is a little bit out there. So, Graham Presley, his friend that he connected with. Right. That Nick was savage. The closest with. Right. Uh, was charged with kidnapping and murder. After a hung jury on the first attempt, during a retrial, he was convicted of second-degree murder, and he was released in 2007. So did he just serve out his full term then? Yes, he okay. did his time. And so he did not do a lot of time for second-degree murder in kidnapping. Right. They had a, a lot harder time, I guess, with him. And also, keep in mind, Graham was 17. He still was still technically a minor. Oh, okay. And really skid under the... Got on a, yeah, you got off easy, dude, because yep. you were young. William Skidmore, I know he was only mentioned once earlier, but he was charged with the kidnapping. But seeing how everyone else's shit was going, seemed pretty bad, he opted to take a plea deal. And he was sentenced to nine years in prison. And he was released in April of 2009. Yeah, he probably did the smartest decision. Oh, see, I think he got, he did the dumbest decision. He got hosed by the deal, but I think that at that time, he probably did the smartest decision that was needed for him. Yeah, he was probably scared shitless. Because he sees three other people being charged with murder, even though William isn't there at the actual, like, murdering taking place. I think all of them are technically guilty of the murder. Because you all took place in the kidnapping. (laughs) Right, right. Which then led to the murder. For sure, for sure. And finally, the douchiest of the douches of them all. 
Jesse James Hollywood. He was charged and convicted of kidnapping and first-degree murder. In 2009, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now hold the motherfucking phone. How is he only going to get prison without the possibility of parole, but the dude that pulled the trigger is going to get the death sentence? I think that is why right there is Jesse James was... But if he was such a leader and he took off for... So, like, how is he not getting hit harder for taking off for five years? There's there's nothing harder than life in prison without the possibility of parole other than the death penalty. Right. I think a little shocky shock to the brain <laughs> people might think is going to be a little worse than right, right. life in prison. But since Ryan uh, Hoyt because, was you know, the his one... his rich-ass family is probably going to take care of him in prison. <laughs> but since Hoyt was the one who pulled the trigger... He got the most harsh sentence because he could have not pulled the trigger. Right. He 100% could have not pulled the trigger. Right. But I don't understand how he doesn't get hit with charges of, like, fleeing the country. Afterwards, I'm sure he did. Because then it's kind of like a federal charge. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But pertaining to this specific case with his crimes associated with Nick, he was charged with the kidnapping and first-degree murder. Okay. But I don't know if the feds even tried to prosecute him for anything else, because it would just kind of be a waste of resources, because you're in prison without the possibility of parole, so... Right. You know, why waste the resources? Right, like, you know, there are other cases to do. Yeah, I understand that. This life and your next life, you are in prison. (laughs) Okay, so clearly this has to be a movie, and I need you to tell me all about that and how this connects to everything. (laughs) (laughs) So... If you haven't figured it out by now, which I know you haven't, you haven't seen the movie, but Colors... No, I have not. Colors, you may have. This crime actually inspired the 2006 movie Alpha Dog, which had uh, young Anton Yelchin playing a man named Zach in the movie who was supposed to be Nicholas Markowitz. Okay. And Anton actually passed away at the age of 27 in 2016... In a freak accident where he was crushed by his own SUV. Oh, okay. So he's the one that was in, like, in his driveway and the SUV just, like, smashed into him. Correct. Into the garage, right? Correct. Oh, God. Um, That's such a brutal death. Not trying to take away from the other death, but, man, that would be horrible. I would not want to die that way. Right. right. I want to say Emil Hirsch is Jesse James Hollywood. And then I want to say Jesse Rugg is played by Justin Timberlake in this movie. Okay, so is this movie on, like, Amazon right now where we can watch it? I honestly don't know where it is. Uh, <sighs> when I first seen the preview for it, it looked so interesting, I, I ended up getting the DVD. Really? But of course, that's long gone. I don't know what a DVD is. What is a DVD? What are DVDs <laughs> and CDs? There's some Hollywood and in the movie Alpha Dog, of course. I mean, to the point of where someone takes a dump in someone's living room. That's how ridiculous it gets. Oh my god, this is just funny, because I talked about taking a dookie in the front yard, exactly. and I didn't know anything about that. But other than that, just the amount of time, and just seeing how fast everything went. From, you know, kidnapping, best friends, partying, to killed. now murder. Like, yeah, it's that fast. Y'all took us. Maybe y'all should have smoked a little more weed. <laughs> Something was going on. Yeah, I just... God, I feel complicated on this one, husband. I don't ever feel complicated about a case and how I feel about it and, like, the chart. Like, 
once in a while I disagree with charges, but I have like I feel complicated about these charges on everybody. <laughs> the only charge that I think that is like the best charge is murder. <laughs> but then like are other people technically complicit? Yeah. Because they're all at the party with him. It's a lot of I kind of want to talk area. to these jury members. I wish I knew who they were so I could talk to them and be like, hey, tell me how you felt during these ca- like this case, because this obviously was a very large case. Yeah. You know, with so many people involved, typically it is going to be a more well-known case. And and more uh, testifying and witnesses. Right. And I'm, I'm imagining it's just a prosecution. The defense had a very good defense with uh, making Nick seem like he wasn't as victimed as he truly was. But in right. the end, he became the ultimate victim. Right, and lost his life. Correct. And there you have it. That is the case of Nicholas Markowitz. Well, I enjoyed covering this case. I had so many, I have so many feelings about this. Right? So we really just have talked about a lot. We have. And we talked about kidnapping. We have talked about mental health issues, clearly. I mean, yeah, we didn't necessarily talk about mental health issues, but there was some mental health issues going on there with somebody. Right. So, with so lots murder, of somebody. Murder is not as bad as kidnapping? Okay. Okay, I will murder away. Okay. But I'll okay. get somebody else to do it because I'm a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm said it. He's a little bitch. I hope he hears me. So, because we have talked about kidnapping, we, this is actually the first time we are ever going to use this number. Yes, it is. This number is for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. It serves as an information and national resource center on issues related to victims, missing, and exploited children. So, if you have any information or if you are a victim of this or you know somebody that is a victim of this or they need to talk to somebody, you need to talk to somebody, the number is one eight zero zero eight four three five six seven eight. Again, that number is one eight zero zero the lost. And as mentioned, for the mental health over somebody, yeah. but if you or anyone you know is dealing with a mental health crisis and or suicidal thoughts and could use some help, please contact the National Hotline for Mental Health Crisis and Suicide Prevention at 988. I think that is the first time that I've had to do a number that felt extremely long. <laughs> I don't know why that felt so long to me, but that felt like a very long number. And it's not. It's not. Well, you said one eight zero zero instead of one eight hundred, so it's kind of funny. Well, I want everybody to know that it's one eight hundred, but I feel like if I say one eight hundred, it just sounds weird. So I'm saying well, I say all the numbers. <laughs> Don't you judge me? <laughs> You've seriously had some serious judge eyes all damn day. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Also, don't forget to follow us on the socials, facebook.com slash callusdead. Follow us on TikTok at callusdead, where you can see some fun videos of us, or better yet, the kitty, the sugar gladys, Emma and Regina, or of course, our fur babies, Lola and Bailey. Or you can email us at callusdead at yahoo.com to tell us what you thought about the case. Ask some questions, suggest some cases or seasons, and don't forget to... Send us a message if you're wanting us to give a special shout out to someone special for you. Yeah. But until then, remember to stay strong. 
do everything with love. No, there is always hope. And if you forget, you can always call, call us when, when you're, you're dead. dead.